So, um, something really <laughs> problematic about me is that there were parts of this movie where I was rooting for Jacinto. Oh, that is problematic. Me. But he's hot. Yeah. and So what can we do? <laughs> I have opinions, then we'll get there. I, I, before we even do the intro, I do not know enough about the Spanish Civil War. Oh, God, me neither. And it was the kind of thing where, like, I was watching this movie yesterday, and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know enough, and I don't have enough time to do the research I should. So we're starting this episode with an apology. Yeah, I watched this movie today. Whoops. <laughs> and yeah, I could have figured by the plot description that it would be good to have some context, but I didn't think that far ahead. And who has time to think ahead in, in, in this day and age? Not us. Certainly not. I had to rent this movie twice because I watched it in two chunks, and the second chunk was too long after the first chunk oh, for it to be the same rental, that. so I should have just bought it. Yeah, damn it, that sucks. But that's okay. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I'll, I'll line Mr. Del Toro's pocket any day. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> I would do it again. But it was really funny because since I had the YouTube rental, it was like really pixelated. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh. And I realized it was because it was on 720p and I had to change it. That's so funny. Welcome to the Fright of Your Life podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Riley. And we're here to walk you through the 100 scariest movie moments of all time. As determined by the Bravo TV network in the year 2004. And today, the movie with the 61st scariest movie moment is The Devil's Backbone from the year 2001, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Ooh. Slay. Well, one of us thinks it's a slay. <laughs> it's not, not a slay. I just, okay, guys, I, I don't know if anyone's guessed or that I've mentioned 800 times that I have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't focus for jack shit today. So I watched this movie and like... 14 like 10 minute chunks <laughs> like tiktoks <laughs> she watched it vertical <laughs> i turned my mother's tv on its side <laughs> as guillermo intended exactly <laughs> also just like i couldn't just watch it because every time i had to pause i had to skip back a few seconds because i watched it on youtube now i'm explaining it again i texted riley about this because i wanted to bitch about it because it was annoying <laughs> But because there's captions on the bottom, every time I paused to, like, write something down, I would have to skip back, like, 10 to 20 seconds so mm-hmm. I could understand what was happening. Fix your captioning, guys. I guess it's it's directly on the movie is why they couldn't do anything, I guess. <laughs> but how could you have known? I, I couldn't, and I'm annoyed. <laughs> My actual very first note is Sony Pictures Classics in all caps. <laughs> That's what I did, except my it was because my had um. Yeah. I'm so excited to tell you this again that I can't <laughs> I can't even talk, but it was it was on 720p, so it was really pixelated, like noticeably pixelated. I was like, what the fuck? And then I realized it was because I had to change it to 1080p. That's so funny. Also, I have to say it, and this time it's like really relevant. The font on the credits was so fucking cool. It's it was so creepy cool. and squiggly. Spooky backbone spinal bifida. Woo. <laughs> what was that fucking Christmas movie? I have spinal bifida. Maybe you've heard of it. I. That's a, a Christmas girl. movie. Yeah. Oh, it's the Christmas oh, Prince. Yes. I'm like again. I'm not saying that that's not hard to deal with, but it was just so funny the way she was like, "I have spina bifida," and it was like, 
That sucks. She has the devil's backbone, apparently. That's what it's oh, sometimes called. I didn't know that. that I don't that think meant. we do that in polite society anymore, <laughs> no. but it doesn't seem very nice to call it that. I um I just couldn't figure out what was going on with with like the movie. I was like, oh shit, Hiroshima? Like I'm so dumb. So it starts with a bunch of like narration of like asking what is a ghost and one of the things is an emotion suspended in time, which was when I had to pause the movie to be like, oh God, before we even started. So yeah, so the movie opens on all I wrote was a very sad little boy in the Spanish Civil War. Which I wish yeah. I had gone back to the beginning because I believe that little boy was Jaime, who will come to meet later. Yes. Right? Yes. But at first I was like, who's this sad little guy? Yeah. Well, so this was, I went back to the beginning because I was very unsure of how these events mm-hmm. transpired. And I think we see, um, oh my God, what's his name? Santi. Santi. My brain was going Stami. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Close. You have most of the letters. <laughs> my brain like made him Greek, I feel like. <laughs> Um, but we see this like little, we see sad Jaime like crouched, I think next to the dead body of his buddy. Right. It's really hard to remember. Cause we didn't have any of the context. Like this scene will happen again. So we'll explain it later. Yeah. But yeah. At the beginning, you don't have any of the context. So it's hard to remember exactly what happened. So a bomb drops. <laughs> um, and we see it like smoking and it drops. It doesn't explode. We should say. Yeah. Yes. Um, like nothing detonates the bomb just hits the ground and it's a big like torpedo looking thing yeah (laughs) and we see this little boy on the ground he's like bleeding from his head and then like we see a body go in the water because they're near water it's crazy it sure is it's just a lot of strange things happen and this is all things that we'll see again as the movie progresses is very true. You guys, you guys have seen movies before. You know how opening scenes work sometimes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm explaining this so hard. No, it's because it's it's like very twisty and turny, I feel like, this movie. Especially, I kept convincing myself I knew what would happen, and I never did. Like, even for a second. Yeah, I rarely Except, knew. like, one time. And then also, like, we get, like, this kind of initial lead-in of credits, and then we get this whole, like, babies in utero thing is what I thought it was. Yeah, a lot of fetuses in jars in this movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, man, what are we looking at? And I was like, oh, it's literally the devil's backbone. And then also I was like, there will be the devil in this movie. And like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Just little embryonic babies. So the next thing we see is this little boy in the in a car. And he's he's like driving along. He's like in the car with two adult men. And they're taking him to this big old huge building. Um, and there's two guys hanging outside, I think. I forget. Somebody's outside, and it's the groundskeeper, uh, Jacinto, and we just sort of briefly see him. Or is he? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there's a little boy, and he goes to an orphanage. Yeah, so we meet our main character, who is a little boy named Carlos, which is a good time to mention that this movie is primarily held up by child actors oh my who god are incredibly they're incredibly competent in their roles like they have to carry so much of this movie and i it didn't hit me until like a good hour and a half in i was like holy yeah. shit these kids are doing this whole thing and they're really good it's actually fucking nuts like i never for a second was like look at this child acting like it was just very oh, compelling yeah. and good no it's it's kind of incredible 
Um, but he is being brought to an orphanage by his like tutor, uh, Mr. Ayala. So he's brought to this orphanage run by Dr. Casares and Carmen, who is Dr. Casares' friend's wife. But they're like, there's some saucy tension between the two of them that we will get to. <laughs> and, oh, and then my notes say, oh, there's straight up the ghost of a little boy right there. Like immediately <laughs> we have a little boy ghost. I was like, oh, <laughs> I thought it would be like a while into the movie. It's like suddenly right. there's a ghost. It's immediately ghosts. I could, and I was like, oh, that's like that dead kid from before. And then I was like, man, like horror is always so brutal when like children are involved. And that's true. Yeah. But then like I'm talking about like I'm talking about that as someone who loves it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I love it because it's scary. But, you know, I'm like, oh, man, like it's so hard to watch like kids be imperiled. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it's so effective. It is. It's really good. So naturally, Carlos goes into the room where he sees the little ghost and tries to yeah. follow him and see what's up. Uh, but instead, he meets two living boys named yeah. Galvez and Owl. How fucking cute is that? And like, Owl doesn't really say much. So Owl like, Galvez is so cute. speaks for him. Owl's very cute. I care about him so much. Yeah. So uh, Ayala is inside speaking to Carmen and Dr. Uh, Casares. And he's he's like, okay, I have like I have a little boy for you. Um his his father died. <laughs> I have a little boy for you. <laughs> the reason I say it like that, she's like, I cannot take another boy. Like they're at capacity. Yeah, like we don't have enough food and beds and clothes to house another boy. And he says something to her like, Would you rather him be dead out there or hungry in here? It's so horrifying. Awful. Um, and we learn we are in that- the midst of the Spanish Civil War. I don't know right. if we said that on air right. yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and we, so we learn that Carlos's, uh, dad died like on the front of the war. And Carlos seems to not know. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it's so sad, but it's also like, guys, you're dropping off an orphanage. The kids are going to be like, so how did your parents die? <laughs> like, this is literally an orphanage. What is, wait, what does he think he's doing here? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so, and then Carmen is sort of like, well, I don't know if we can really do that. And he is like, well, what do you want to happen to this kid? But he's also like, well, your husband was brave. Like he was a leftist. And she's like, no, I'm the brave one. Like my husband was like all about his ideals. But like now he's dead and I have to carry that shit on. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah, bitch. Good point. I will later join the the, the Carmen hate squad. Oh, we all. Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah, fair. Yeah, that's why. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, you make a good point. <laughs> that's the thing I'm upset about. Yeah, fair enough. Also, um, Ayala got like wounded or maybe his buddy got wounded and they just this very close up shot of them stitching the wound shut. Nasty. (sighs) Also important to note that we learn that they are hiding gold to back the treasury of the Republican loyalists inside the orphanage somewhere. Yes. They like refer to themselves as like reds. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Because they're the communist leaning side in theory. They're the leftists. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, communist movie. But like, not really. <laughs> but they're like, listen, like the nationalists are going to come here soon. Like we can't keep the gold here any longer. So like if you're going to leave the boy with us, you have to take the gold and like use it to buy guns, like use it for the cause. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> She's like, all right, fine. 
So he straight up leaves. And this is incredibly traumatic for Carlos, who like yeah. doesn't know what's going on. He's like, oh, we're leaving sick. And he like walks out to follow Mr. Ayala. And then he just like gets in a car and drives away. And this little boy has the saddest Fucked. little face. And he's just crying. And he like, his suitcase breaks and his like comic books spill out on the ground. He's just crying in the road. And I like wanted to turn the movie off. I was so sad. No. And he's like running after the car. It's so <laughs> sad. He's the saddest little boy I've ever seen. It's literally ridiculous. Um, and Dr. Casares and Carmen are standing out there and she's like, you need to go to him. Like, he's very meek. You'll like him. And like, you guys will yeah. get along. And he does. And he goes over and he's like, oh, you're reading The Count of Monte Cristo. Like, tell me how, how you like it. You know, it's like very sweet. I feel like they really need to tell him his dad is dead. I agree. Do they ever just that? I don't think anyone ever tells him. Like, I feel like we get sidetracked by other stuff very quickly. And there's never an opportunity to tell him his dad is dead. So I'm like, does he know? Well, especially because at one point, Galvez is like, oh, my mom is getting better. She may come take me home soon. And I'm like, so this kid thinks his dad's coming? Like, maybe he figures it out through context clues. (laughs) The context clue being he is living in an orphanage. (laughs) You've heard of Orphan Black. Now get ready for orphan context clues. (laughs) Oh, man. But we also meet... Jaime, the boy who um, witnessed the other boy die, and he's like the bully of the orphanage. Yeah, local meanie pants, Jaime. (laughs) Also, like, calls him a slur. I was like, all right, (laughs) it's 2001, baby. Okay, so Carmen takes him into the room where they all sleep. It just looks like a straight-up infirmary and shows him to his bed, and he notes immediately, like, there's a lot of empty beds here. Like, what's the situation? And she's like, oh, well, a lot of the boys run away. Why would they want to run away? What goes on here? I also have... I have written down, like, the Why the Fuck You Lion song, and I don't remember why exactly, but I think it's because at some point he has, like, that little moment with Dr. Casares, and he's, like, he's like telling about all the teachers, and he's, like, do you love her? And he's, like, no. He loves Carmen so bad. He does. It's crazy. Anyway, that, but there were, like, so many details that I, like, thought were going to come back that didn't. Oh, yeah? She's, like, don't lose your soap. If you lose your soap or you waste it all, like, you have two weeks of extra chores. And I was, like, oh, and I wrote it down, <laughs> and it's, like, okay. They cool. just don't got a lot of soap. So he gets to his bed, and he can see the name Santi like carved into it somewhere and my notes just say he's in santi's bed that means something (laughs) yeah um so we cut to um a a character who i initially just wrote handsome leading man that's jacinto baby yeah that's jacinto um and then i called conchita gorgeous girl but we got her name pretty quick but i feel like it took a minute to get jacinto's name (laughs) that's i have conchita and man she's dating work here literally (laughs) um they're speaking to two guys one who doesn't have a name, I don't think, and one whose name is Pig. And oh, yeah. let me tell you, folks, it's because he's fat. <laughs> Post-deliverance, that, like, <laughs> like not Pig. No, literally. I, I, what did I write? I wrote, of course, the fat man is called Pig. Like, not to body shame this man. He's a normal fucking looking guy, but he's not yeah. skinny. So they're like, and this is Pig. And I was like, cool, awesome. <laughs> um, but Conchita and the man she is dating, whose name is Jacinto, are talking about how they're going to move to... Uh, granada and buy a farm and they're gonna get married and i was like yay (laughs) um (laughs) i literally did not pick up on the bad guy vibes for a very long time he's so pretty it's he's it's tricky 
He is. And so this is the thing that I was wondering. We find out that he's an orphan himself. Yeah. That he, and he used to live here, like grew up here as a kid. Yes. And always wanted to escape. And so it's sure awfully tragic that he is still here to this day. Right. And he's talking about stealing the gold mm-hmm. that Carmen has stashed away somewhere. And I thought maybe he was working for the nationalists. Oh. Um, but he it's not like I thought it was going to be a political thing, but it's really not political for he him. Just he wants to get the fuck out of there. Fucking get out of there, yeah. And he's like I always dreamed of like he and he says to Conchita, he's like I used to stand right there and dream of becoming rich so I could buy the orphanage and burn it to the ground. Oh. oh. <laughs> Someone's dreams might come true before the movie's <laughs> over. But we're not telling who's. <laughs> oh man so we're back in the um the like bedroom like the oh yeah night one in the orphanage immediately i was really scared (laughs) well carlos is in bed and he hears footsteps scared the shit out of me oh my god and 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 whispering whispering oh my god the whispering Uh, i was so scared i was doing that thing like i wasn't looking at the screen because i didn't want to get jump scared but this movie's in a different language so i have to read the subtitles right yeah (laughs) and he sees like a little shadowy hand outside his little like curtain by his bed (laughs) yeah and it's like oh that's santi right there well because he sees a hand and he's like oh shit who's there and he pulls the curtain back there's nobody there come on he like checks he checks in the adjacent bed nobody he looks under the bed i hate yes. that shit oh and uh because i wasn't looking at the screen i missed how this happened but somehow a water pitcher falls over and shatters on the ground it's really loud and there's water everywhere and then you can see like wet little child footprints <laughs> walking away from Dude. where the water spilled fuck scary i th- i assumed santi knocked over the um yeah i'm sure it was ghost shit yeah i didn't quite catch it either I was scared. <laughs> and you were right to be. Um, and so some of the other kids wake up, uh, one of whom is, is Jaime, and he blames Carlos mm-hmm. for the spilled water. He's like, you have to get a new pitcher since you spilled it. And they're not allowed to go into the kitchen after hours. So that's no. big danger zone. And he's like, aren't we not allowed to do that? And he's like, well, if you're not scared. But Carlos is like, well, I'm not going to just go by myself. Like, you should get a second pitcher if you're not scared. And I was like, bro, I'm it's so great. smart. He's and a they're going to be best friends, but not for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a hot minute. Oh, but also, he, um, Jaime's like, well, don't worry. Nobody ever gets caught. And then one of the kids goes, except the one who sighs. What an ominous thing to say. Oh, my God. The one who sighs got very caught. The one whose size did get caught. Holy shit. But oh. anyway. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, just one of the things he's like, oh, like, you're, you're queer if you don't get the water. And I was like, yeah, we're all rabid. We do not drink water. I don't. <laughs> I haven't had water in like two days. Anyway, they slip out of the, I keep calling it the infirmary, but it's not, it's where they sleep. No, it's their but bedroom. it's creepy. It, look, it, it looks like a, like a, like a, I don't know. It looks like an infirmary. Yeah. So they sneak outside to go over to the kitchen, but they stop to ponder the bomb that we mentioned before that yes. just kind of sits in the middle of the courtyard as this like beautiful, ominous centerpiece to the whole movie. And Jaime, to mess with Carlos a little bit more, tells him that it's active and like could blow at any time, which is such like a kid bully thing to say. But also like it's yeah. scary to have a bomb in the middle of where you live. Yeah. Because like, um, I think... Alma, who's one of the other teachers, is like, oh, it was like they came and diffused it. But there's like 
there's always shit clanging around inside. Yeah, like if you press your ear against it, you can hear it. It's alive. Like it has a heartbeat. Yeah. And you can, like it makes noise. It's making a noise for sure. <laughs> and the thing that's making me laugh is like, I don't know why this gets me so bad, but there's a line in New Girl where like somebody comes to like check their apartment out or something and it's all, cause it's all fucked up. And the woman goes, what's all that clanging? And Nick goes, oh, it's just a bunch of clanging. And I don't know why, <laughs> but it makes me laugh so hard. And so sometimes it would say me- like metal clanging and I'd be like, oh, it's just a bunch just of clanging. clanging. Oh my God. And as they're going to the kitchen, they like look in through the little window of like, kind of like the little like house where Conchita and Jacinto stay and they like watch them kiss and like i know that's what little boys do like i know kids are curious but i was like get out of there yeah i was like where is the urgency you're on like a secret dangerous mission you don't have time to be peeping in windows you should be hustling you see that they're busy great time to hurry and get stuff from the kitchen true but they're like wow because everyone's in love with conchita because she's like she seems young not Young enough for something we're going to talk about later. Yeah, no. <laughs> Me saying she's not young enough. <laughs> Listen. Uh, Jacinto's too old for her and it gets worse. <laughs> like, Yes. Also, Jacinto has like really dirty fingernails. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, like all around the nail bed though. Ew, like, not under his sense. nails. Like here. Gross. It's dirty work. Yeah, he's like the groundskeeper. He has to clean stuff. But I was like, ugh. Then they get to the door, which is chained shut, but not so tightly that you can't open it. And I just went, oh, I would lose this game. I would too, but they're tiny little boys. So they slip into the kitchen. Jaime fills his pitcher with water and he's like, okay, I'll meet you outside. To which I said, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, And there's this like very ominous rack of scissors. Yeah. That we like see Carlos through. Oh, spooky and that rack of scissors clatters to the ground makes a really fucking loud noise and then carl's like trying to pick it up and make it look like he was never there and i'm like no you made a noise you woke people up you got to get your water and go like you're wasting precious time and instead of running out the door he um oh well because he goes to the door but he sees like jacinto's shadow through the glass yeah Jacinto busts in there with a gun. Yeah, that's the other thing. Which like freaked me the fuck out. But then I realized this must, this is the room where they hide the gold. So Jacinto was like, someone has come to steal our gold. I'm going to shoot them and kill them. But it's just a little boy trying to get some water. I know. I'm like, dude, you work in like an orphanage full of like tiny, angry, confused little boys. Well, he may not care if he hurts them. And That's we'll get very to that true. later. We're not dancing very delicately around the fact that Jacinto killed a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> because in my, I, because I, right at this point, we don't know, right? We I don't totally know. didn't suspect him. I was like, oh, this guy's had such a hard life. Like he's a double agent for the leftists. He's going to be so cool. I was wrong. He's not very cool. Um, and like, I'm going to realize that so soon. But at this point, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe he's scared of the ghost. Um, but Carlos sees uh, Jacinto coming and he like hides in the uh, in the cabinet. Yeah, he's hiding there. I believe Jacinto's lantern gets blown out. It's mm-hmm. getting pretty ghosty. And Jacinto seems to, like check things out, see that shit hasn't been stolen. So he kind of leaves. Mm hmm. 
Carlos crawls out of his hiding spot and he hears some whispering and then he approaches the spooky concrete staircase leading down into the cellar to follow said whispering. Go to bed. Literally. You are on a time crunch. And oh my God. The other thing is Jacinto's like smoking a cigarette and he like flicks it out and then like goes back inside. And I was like, I bet you anything in the fucking world time is going to go smoke that. And he Uh, does. Yeah. That was the one time I knew what was going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I said, now I don't want to be cliche, but don't go down there. He's just in this cavernous basement with a big pool of water in the middle. And we got a little ghosty guy running around. We sure do. I wrote, oh no, his little skull. (laughs) I was like, oh my, he's such a ghost. (laughs) Like, how do you cope with the cutest little child ghost? I know he's supposed to be scary, but he was just adorable to me. Well, that's the thing about this little ghosty boy is he seems just as scared as Carlos is. Because yeah. he runs by in the background and then we cut to just seeing the ghost and his he's like panting and his face looks so scared yeah. that he's like going to get caught. It's because so, he's he's kind of corporeal, like he's like a little translucent, so you can yeah. kind of see his bones, which I guess is the devil's backbone. Thing. Oh, man. And then he like goes over to carlos and like reaches for him and as he kind of starts to touch him we hear like a scream yeah fuck dude it's so scary and he has this head wound and you can kind of tell from the beginning that he died in water because the blood coming out of his head wound just like floats up like as if he were in water and the blood is floating up and so everywhere he goes as he's walking just like little droplets of blood like float in the air wherever he was And he goes up to Carlos and he says, many of you will die. And that gets Carlos to run the fuck away and go back to bed finally. (laughs) But he can't get back to bed because he gets to the door in the kitchen. And when Jacinto left, he locked it tighter than before. Like the chain is closed tighter. So he like almost can't squeeze out. Uh, But he does. I didn't set that up very well. He gets out. (laughs) No, it's stressful. And he's still getting that pitcher of water. He is so committed to getting that pitcher of water. But so Jaime like sees that he has gotten out and he's like, all right, fuck this noise and goes back inside and he gets up back into the, like the dormitory. That's the word I think. Was that is the word. Not infirmary. I was like, you're so close. Um, and then my brain was like, I don't know. So Jaime goes back into the dorms, the dormitory and he and all the other little like buddies. So it's Jaime, Jaime's little right hand man who probably has a name. I don't remember. I don't know if we ever hear it. I, yeah, I don't know if we do. And then Galvez and Owl, and they're all in the window. And then uh, Jaime and his little buddy start, like, slingshotting shit. Yeah. Come on. And so one hits the pitcher and shatters it, and the water spills everywhere. And I'm like, he worked so fucking hard to get this water. Literally. Like, what a dick. And it, the pitcher shatters so loudly that people hear it, and he gets fucking caught. Yeah, like, come on. So the next day, Carlos gets pulled aside to be questioned about what happened last night. And he says that no one was with him at all. But the other kids can't hear what the fuck he's saying. And then Dr. Casares is like, okay, watch this. And sends Carlos to go back to his table. And he's like, these boys are hungry. Like, they're gonna be really focused on eating. But the boys who are guilty are gonna look up and look at him and look away from their meals. And all of his little buddies, well, they're not his buddies yet. But Jaime and all of his little buddies, like, swivel their heads around to look at him. And he's like, okay, fucking all of you, detention. (laughs) Literally, it's so smart. It's great. Also, Conchita is walking around and, like, feeding something to the boys. And she's like, oh, a grain of strength. And I was like, is this poison? Like, I was like, (laughs) what is the catch? What is this movie about? Like, 
you know i was like waiting for the big thing mm-hmm. don't know what that was <laughs> it, was like, it was like a bean maybe yeah <laughs> here's one little bean and then we cut to um I, I believe it's galvez and carlos are like like cleaning up the world's just giantest and most violent crucifix. Oh it's my God. A really graphic crucifix. It's so bloody. What is going on here? It's ridiculous. Um, but Galvez is like, Oh, it's okay. We know you didn't snitch. Like, yeah, he's making friends. Yeah. It's sweet. It's just nice. Lifting up giant crucifixes together. At this point, my notes say, "Uh oh, I don't know enough about the Spanish Civil War." <laughs> yeah, because the only the only thing that I uh, know or have gleaned is they they're talking about. Um, we go inside, and Doctor Casares and Carmen are speaking, and they're like, "Oh, we have to like put on a show to look very Catholic because that's like to prepare for like the new Spain." Yeah. So it would seem that the nationalists um, are are into catholicism and like apostolic apostolic i I just think like the 12 apostles i don't but they're like taking down their sort of like whether or not it's religious i don't know but they're taking down what they have up on the walls and putting up um this other stuff because there's like this fear that the nationalists are going to come and like guess wreck their shit so they're like Mm -hmm. okay we have to look like up to snuff somebody i don't know but carmen is like i think we're the ghosts and it was like ooh. i was like that's been the plot twist in two movies of ours already is that yeah. gonna be the plot twist in <laughs> i was one? like oh shit not again <laughs> everyone but santi is a ghost <laughs> literally um, uh, but speaking of ghosts carlos is back at the scary pool trying to talk to ghosts but then Jaime sneaks up on him, ambushes him, and pulls out a fucking knife. Yeah, holy dude, shit, dude. What are we doing? I'm sorry, I also wrote, dude, that's gray water. That's gray water. Because it is some yucky ass water. And in the ensuing struggle, Jaime falls into the pool, and he can't fucking yeah. swim. Oh. So Carlos, being the sweetest, goodest little boy, yeah. he dives in to pull him out. But as he's pulling him out, we see this fucking dead ghosty boy like bloated floating around in the water Mm. it was quite scary holy shit guys it was quite scary to me i wrote he can't swim i hate it here yeah (laughs) also i think well it's already pretty clear right that there's something going on between carmen and dr casares but we also get a little moment and i don't know if it's intercut or not where um they're talking and she's like, oh, my husband was such a dummy. And he's like, I'm not like your husband. And they like pinky hold hands. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cute. Because I was not on the Carmen hate train yet. Sure. We're getting there. So after Carlos saves Jaime from drowning, Jacinto busts in. And Carlos once again takes the fucking fall for this shit. And then, okay. So yeah, so Jaime like hides and the other boys hides with just Carlos down there. And so Jacinto also has a knife and like cuts carlos's cheek he's like if anything happens to you it's on me so he cuts him in the face (laughs) i literally when that happened i yelled i went you cannot slash like completely it came out of me like unwillingly you can't slash a child like that's the thing like jacinto tells us who he is right away like he lets us know and i didn't pick up on it until later right like he doesn't deserve rights but it's also like in your head like it's like oh this is 1939 they did fucked up shit like this right yeah he's Especially, troubled right no you're like ah she, like he's an orphan it's like he you know cut this crying little boy in the face with a knife that's it's insane 
unreal. It's insane. And the thing that's so funny is that doc- the next thing we see is Dr. Kassar is like patching up yeah. um, the little wound. And he's very unbothered. Like, and I realize, like, you can say anything. Like, oh, I was fighting. Oh, I cut my face on the fence or whatever. But it's like... But Carlos is like, it was a ghost. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's like, oh, you saw a ghost. Look at my embryos in jars. <laughs> like, Literally. The chain of events is so fucking funny. <laughs> it's like, here, I'll sew up your cheek wound. Do you believe in ghosts? Look at my babies in jars. Like, <laughs> He's like, you see, I'm a man of science. But Europe is sick with fear and fear sickens the soul. So we see things. And I'm like, okay, okay. Fear makes you see things. Yes, of course. And then I wrote, that's the devil's backbone. Because again, we see the baby in the jar from the credits in the beginning. Um, And then I started screaming at the TV again. Yeah. Because Dr. Casares is like, so look at my babies. Um, (laughs) They're suspended in rum. That's rum in there. Um, cause it like has a preservative or whatever. He's like, they made it with all these old spices. He's like, this is very old rum. And then this motherfucker, this is very old wine. <laughs> this sorry. is very old wine. You're so right. <laughs> so sorry. I interrupted you in the no, middle of a so right. Um, the next thing that happens though, is that this motherfucker grabs a ladle <laughs> and he's like, some people think that if you drink this shit, you can get your dick hard again. <laughs> Basically. He's like, people believe this cures a whole world of ailments. You want to drink some? And Carlos is like, fucking no. He's like, does it actually do anything? And Dr. Casares is like, shrug. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, well, if you believe in ghosts, I bet you believe this fucking ba- dead baby rum will make you yes. heal your fucking cut. So if you believe in ghosts, you should probably drink this. And Carlos is like, see ya. I like literally and then what does he do Dr. Casares drinks it because as we will quick well I guess I could save it it's just so funny because he's like oh it can cure this ailment and this ailment and impotence I'm like this is a 12 year old at best at best being generous nine maybe we don't need to mention erectile dysfunction to this orphan child maybe we don't need to do that but we sure did so Carlos is reading comics at night with his new friends and I laughed so fucking loud because one of the little kids is like, look at this naked lady. And it's like the crudest drawing of a woman. Like it is so funny. It's just like two circular boobs with like little <laughs> nipples on it. And they're all like, wow, she's a looker. Like they're yeah, so yeah, yeah. horny over this awful line drawing. I think it's Jaime's drawing. And then one of the kids though is like, dude you have the vagina wrong it's sideways like that's not what it looks like and he's like and he's like wouldn't you like to know like you don't know anything about that but it's literally it's like with your like it's like your like indoor teeth in your clockwise vagina yeah it's that (laughs) it's like a sideways mouth for a vagina it's so goddamn funny it was just so real it made me laugh so hard there's like oh my god look at her (laughs) yeah no literally I wonder, I'm going to post a picture of the drawing and hope it doesn't get taken down from our yeah, social yeah, media yeah. pages because it's, it's so, so funny. funny. It looks like nothing. Like, yeah, it's I think we'll be okay. It's the silliest thing I've ever seen. Especially on Twitter. I've seen Trisha Paytas' whole vagina on Twitter. Literally. I can post this drawing. But what's really sweet is like from there, we do learn that Jaime like wants to be a cartoonist. Like he wants to make his own comics one and, day. And like his friends are so supportive. They're like, this drawing's great, dude. Yeah. They're not good, but he's a no. child. Yeah. <laughs> And he's never seen a naked lady. Like, obviously, Good. the fact that he can even do that, I think, is wild. Also, 
oh my god this was such a blast of the past but like we see and this was why i had live slug reaction written down yeah <laughs> we're talking about um because at some point carlos collects a couple slugs i guess and he puts them in his little box and i, I think it's scalvis is just sitting with them like crawling on his arm and i used to do that with snails as a kid kids love I slugs snails. Man. they do it's just such a slimy slug it's so gross I don't want to move uh, us along too quickly, but I do want to read my next note if we're no, done please. with this scene. I'm, I am done. My next note reads, oh, Carmen and Jacinto are fucking? Yeah! Because they are. They sure are. Big. That was a surprise to me. No, because it's like, it's like everyone thinks they hear Santi because they hear like a noise. It's like, oh, it's the one who sighs. And then it's like grunting. And I went, oh, grunting? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And... So here is the thing about that. They're like talking about their whole deal. And this all started when Jacinto was 17 years old. Yeah, I was taken Um, aback by that detail. And I looked at, and this is just going off the ages of the actors. And like, I can guarantee you Jacinto's actor is older than Jacinto is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, Well, maybe not. I think he was like 28 when they filmed. So like, maybe. Um, but that affair would have started approximately when she was 44 and he was 17. So I say affair, but I mean abuse. Right. Cause like they don't reveal that for a while. Like it's just like the two yeah. of them talking and I'm like, okay, like age gap, fine. Yeah. Do your sure. thing. Live your life. Unless it starts when one of the party members is 17. That's sorry. That's too big an age gap. Way too young. Like, you can have a 20-year age gap when you're, like, fucking 20. I don't give yeah. a shit. No, when you're set. <sighs> anyway, so now I'm on the Carmen hate train because, oh, my God. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, the whole thing is he's, I mean, like, and he's being really gross about it. But, like, I don't know. You can say crude things to the person you're sleeping with. She doesn't seem to give a shit. Now I'm like, yeah, man, burn down the orphanage. Like, not with the kids inside, but burn the right. orphanage down. So, like, some of his hatred for this place is more easily understood after we get this information. Like, I don't know if we're supposed to feel that way. I don't know if we're supposed to be like, oh, he's so fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really right. sure what we're supposed to take from that. I'm just currently mad. No, that's fair. I mean, I don't know. Because I don't really know how to talk about it. Because, like... I in no way want to excuse it or want to sound like I'm excusing it, but like it is a different time and a different no, culture. No, no. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm, I feel like, and also like, I'm not to be like, the, like, I don't know what like the age of consent is in Spain. Right. And so that might be like, Oh, that's chill. I don't know. You know, but it's just um, weird to me that a 17 year old yeah. would yes. be having sex. I shouldn't say it that way. It's weird to me that an adult would be having sex with a child. Yeah. Like, sorry. But basically he sort of like, reveals that the reason this relationship started is she's like confirmed in love with Casares. Yeah. But he does actually have like erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Which is why he drank the dead baby rum. So she's been having sex with Jacinto, but Jacinto has been having sex with her at least as of late to steal shit from her because while she's like putting her clothes back on, she's in the bed. Also worth mentioning. She has a prosthetic leg. Oh yeah. That she's missing one limb. We haven't mentioned it yet. So she's like in bed without her prosthetic on and he's like fucking around at the dresser and steals a key from her while she can't see and puts it in his little pocket. He revealed earlier, I think when he's talking to Conchita that he has two of the keys Mm-hmm. from her ring so like he routinely goes in takes different keys to try them on the safe yeah and oh my god and she's saying like oh um because he's like helping her put the leg um like back on there's like a brace and she's like oh like 
some days it really hurts like some days like the leg like weighs more heavily on me mm-hmm. than normal or something um and I, in my head, I was like, oh, like phantom limb syndrome. Like, yeah, right. that's a thing that like people who are missing limbs experience. Also, Kassars can totally hear, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. There's like a little moment where we like zoom in on him. Like, because it's established earlier. I forget when, but he's like reading her love poems through the wall one morning. Oh, yeah. So we know that they can hear. And she's like, wow, I hope Kassars doesn't hear. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I also just want to be clear, because I feel like I wasn't, that the movie does not portray their relationship as, like, good and romantic and sweet. Like, no. I know we're getting so heated, but I'm like, it's it's not, like, they're not the end game of the movie. Like, that's not yeah, how it is no, at no, all. Yeah, no, that's true. But it, I feel like the movie does not put it as, like, it does not portray it as abuse in my mind. And, yeah. like, to me, that, obviously, at this point, they're of ages that are fine. Like, it, like if, it ha- if it had just started, I would have been like, oh, go off, you know? Like, for sure, yeah. I don't know. Because I don't, no, don't want right. to be like, every movie has to outright condemn everything I think is bad. And like, bad things can't happen in movies. That's a really good point. And also, like, you villains can have complex backstories. I was right. just so like, I was like, oh, Carmen's evil. And it was like, no, 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 no. That's just why it's like hard to talk about. And it's interesting to talk about because obviously yeah. an adult having sex with a child is bad. Right. But I don't think that inherently like makes the movie, like the movie no, doesn't have no, a bad no, no. agenda. I don't think. No, not at all. Not at all. No, that, yeah, it definitely, it's not like, rah, rah, this is fucking great. Girl boss. Like, it's not <laughs> it. In the scene directly after this, Jaime gives Conchita this, like, ring he made out of a cigar wrapper, and she likes it way too much. You're so right. Like, this okay. woman is in love with this child, and it's fucking weird. That's the thing. I'm like, is she 15 or something? Like, I couldn't I think she's an out. adult woman and, like, has right? a crush on this 13 year old well especially because the other thing that happens is that um Jacinto like walks by and he's like what the fuck is that she's like oh it's just kid stuff and I was like <laughs> and she's just like gazing so lovingly at this ring and it's is, like so yeah. reverent about it and I'm like okay <laughs> so like yeah and just to have those two scenes right after each other made it feel very intentional to me no that's really true there's also this moment um where the kids are all sitting around they're like talking about the war Mm-hmm. And it's so sad because like they're all like, oh, the war is shit. Like I can't wait for the war to be over. But then one of the little boys is like, I like the war because I like seeing the planes go around in the sky. And like that's like kids just don't know what's happening, you know? Yeah. Um, and like also like not to be like this, but like I was teaching during COVID and like kids would be mm-hmm. like, I can't wait for the virus to be over. Me too, bitch. <laughs> yeah, literally. Not to call a child a bitch. I'm really <laughs> stepping in it left and right. No, stop. They're also talking about the bomb that rests in their courtyard. And one of the kids says basically that Jaime got mean the day that the bomb fell, which was the same day that Santi went missing, air quotes. Right, right. And they're talking about like, they're like, oh, like they're like a boy disappeared. And like, we know there's a ghost, like even if it annoys Jaime, because he like denies it, I think. Yeah. Um, He's like, that's like bullshit. You guys don't know what you're talking about or something. Like Jaime's weird and cagey about the ghosts. And Jaime obviously had like some connection with Santi because he got me in the day he disappeared. Like it's, it's setting things up. And also like the way I was reacting, like the initial like bits of that scene we see, I thought that Jaime like hid Santi's body because we see the body go underwater. And so I was like, but in, in my head, there was a clear sequence of events that I was completely wrong about. Yeah. In my head, the bomb fell and like conked Santi on the head. And then Jaime like hid his body after witnessing him die. And I was like, I want to unpack that. I want to understand what was going on there. 
Um, it seems to be very much that the idea of the filmmakers was to make you think Jaime yeah. killed Santi. I think at least yeah. for the beginning of the movie, he's like the biggest red herring. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting too. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily. It's like, I it's just fucking fascinating. Yeah, because we also see him crying over the body. Like it's not just right. Like he, he demon child. Like it's just very interesting. So also, I don't remember at which point I noticed this or whatever comes of it, but. Jaime like leans over to reach for something and his shirt lifts up and you can see he's got like a bunch of scars on his torso. I didn't even notice that. I just, I forget if it was like on his back or on his stomach, but he has like a bunch of like little scars. Holy shit. Don't know where that came from, but it's just like another thing, like just like adding layers and richness to this character, like explain some of why he is the way he is that's so interesting the only reason um i want to mention the the scene where they're loading up the car is they're loading a bunch of shit into the back of like a pickup truck and fucking casaris is like don't break those bottles that's my dead baby rum oh my god um and um one of the kids is filling up the car with gas with like the world's jankiest fucking siphon it's all spilling out yeah um which is gonna be like it's a special tool for later (laughs) But just we just we know that basically Dr. Casares is going into town to sell his his wares and Conchita goes with him, which will kind of be important later, I guess. Not mm-hmm. terribly, but but that was I wrote, is she a teenager? I'm stressed. I don't think she is. I mean, maybe no. she is. No, I think you're right. I think she's an adult woman. And in, in, because it's bad either way, because if she's a teenager, Jacinto is dating a teenager. Right. And if she's an adult, she is flirting with a child. There's a lot of fraught age stuff going on. Yeah. So in the middle of the night, Carlos takes Jaime's sketchbook to look at his drawings, which is not cool. Don't do that. I'm sure he would like to show you in the daytime. Yeah. I wrote, he stole my dream journal. (laughs) Literally send him to the principal's office and have him expelled. (laughs) Uh, But he's flipping through the sketchbook and he sees one drawing of a dead boy bleeding from the head like Uh Santi. I think Carlos is like, oh, Santi. Yeah, I think like someone's, uh, yeah, I think you're yeah. right. So I was like, so did he kill Santi? So they had me going. And they want you to be going. They do. Um, I okay. Like, I don't know what I thought was going on. Cause I never thought that he killed Santi. No, I, me neither. I think I was just like watching the movie without a thought in my head. No, same is the thing. So now we're in town with Conchita and Dr. Casares, right? Mm-hmm. And he's peddling his wares. <laughs> And he's like kind of he's heading back. He has sold some magic rum um, to this guy and he's like walking back to his car. So he hears a commotion and he's like, what's going on with that? And the guy he sold the rum, whatever, to is like, oh, that's the International Brigade. And he's like, there's two Spaniards, six Canadians. And he's like, and one China man. And I'm like, did we have to? Oh, boy. And he's like, what's a Chinese man doing on it on the International Brigade? I'm like, what about six fucking Canadians? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are they doing in Spain either? Like, it's fucking so annoying. But um, basically, the International Brigade is is aligned with the nationalists, I, I, I would assume. Um, because they line up a bunch of men for a firing squad just in the fucking middle of town. And one of them is Ayala, who we know is like with the leftists. Yep. And it's so fucking hard to watch because you see him see Dr. Casares, who fucking cannot do anything about it. Right. He has to pretend like he doesn't know who he is. Because he'll get killed. Yeah. And they're still going to kill Ayala. It's the worst thing. So back at the orphanage, Carlos is talking to the bomb and asking the bomb where Santi is. 
Uh, but it seems to fucking work because a little like ribbon <laughs> blows off of the bomb and it floats into a room and he follows that ribbon and he finds Santi in there. And it's he's so brave because he's like trying to talk to him and he's like, asking him what he wants and everything. Yeah, he's just like following him. But then like something happens and Santi scares him, which like is fair. Like it's a little boy ghost. I'm yeah. sure it's a little scary. So he begins running away, but Santi is following him. This is when I noticed that you could see his bones through his skin. It was a little. Yes. Ooh. Oh, it's so good. It's so fucking cool. Um, I think also, um, oh, he says many of you are going to die again. And he's like, uh, okay, bye. <laughs> like, <he can't, laughs> which is like, fair. Like that's a scary thing to hear. Yeah. That sounds like a threat. <laughs> I also was wondering if maybe the bomb was still active because it's clanging so much. That bomb is really loud for an inactive bomb. Exactly. So when he's like, many of you will die. I'm like, yeah, if that bomb explodes, that's fucking true. And like the thing is, Santi's fucking right. Like many of them will die. Right. It's a warning. It's not a threat. It's a warning. It's exactly. Oh, it's really sad. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but there's a fuck. So he's running away from Santi, who's like following him. And he locks himself in a closet and he looks out the keyhole and I was and like, and you know, you know yeah. what's going to happen in that keyhole. And I was like, I'm not going to jump. I'm going to be fine. And I fucking leapt out of my skin anyway. It's because the sound that accompanies yes. the scare is so scary. I don't even know. Like, it's like a screech. It's like high pitched. It's Ugh. so fucking scary. So fucking just a little rough. ghost face in the keyhole. Ghost face. Wrong movie. Ah. <laughs> Get out of here. It got Too me so early. good. I was so mad. Oh no. Carlos seems so scared that he stays in there all night and doesn't yeah. go back to bed. And uh, Alma, the other teacher, like opens the door in the morning and she sees him in there and he screams and she screams and is like, ah, this is very classic cute. farce. So Dr. Casares and Carmen are worried that Ayala would have spilled the beans before being executed. So like, okay, we got to get the fuck out of here. Basically, the plan is like, take the gold and as many kids as you can. Like, they're Ugh. not like all the kids, just like as yeah. many fucking kids as we can fit in this car. That's so scary. Which is so, so fucking scary. And initially, Carmen is like, no, the gold is for the cause. And he goes, fuck the cause. And it's like, yeah, dude. He has this like great, not really a speech, but it's this great scene where he's talking about how like, like that money was for the cause, fuck the cause, like I was planning on there being an afterwards, like something that you are working for, like when your cause succeeds. But he's like, now I see there is no afterwards. Like there is nothing to be fighting for. So fuck that. Let's use this gold and get the fuck out of here. And then I don't know what there, I guess they're they're, um Oh, I do know what. So some of the kids get letters and this is Galvez gets a letter and he's like, Oh, my mom is like, her health is improving. She may come get me. And, <laughs> Carlos is like, anyway, so about Santi the ghost. Literally, he just like doesn't acknowledge that. He doesn't at acknowledge all. it at all. It's like I saw a ghost. <laughs> Things really start popping off so fast. Yeah, because basically Carmen is like opening up the safe to get the gold and Jacinto walks in and like starts to menace Carmen. Yeah. Because he wants that gold. He wants the gold. He is the saddest orphan. That's the thing is that her 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 tactic to like get around that is to just crush him emotionally. Literally, she's like, "You are a prince without a palace or something." What yeah, did she, she say. Was like, she said, "You were yeah." Um, it was a prince without a palace. She was like, "You were the saddest orphan." She said, <laughs> "Out of all of them, you were the only one who was truly alone." It's giving Joshua Bassett being the sickest person in the hospital. <laughs> You're the saddest orphan in the orphanage. But regardless. Casares busts it on this love fest and threatens Jacinto at gunpoint. 
Yeah. And um, his response to this is revealing, quote unquote, his uh, affair yeah. with Cartman, like the worst kept secret in the orphanage besides Literally. the ghost. <laughs> and basically nobody's on his side. Conchita's not on his side anymore. Yeah, he gets thrown out. She won't look at him. I wrote, I wrote, I'm so mad. Wait, is he supposed to be the villain? <laughs> and then I went, the okay, he did. You. I went, okay, he did slash a child. They kick him out and then everyone's like packing up their stuff to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. They're getting ready. They're packing rations and, you know. Uh, Dr. Casares sends Conchita into like a different room to get some gas for the car. And she goes in there and the gas tank is knocked over and it's drip, drip, dripping out onto the ground and there's this big trail that she follows into a different room where all the rest of the gas cans are. And there's Jacinto just pouring gas all over, I think, the kitchen. Yeah, he's just, like, smoking and dousing the place in gasoline. Fuck and he's me. hot. Yeah. He's about to blow up a bunch of children, but he's hot. What no, can it's, I say? Two things can be true. Yeah, exactly. And as this is happening, we cut to Carmen in the hallway. And she's like, oh, God, like, my leg is, like, heavier than ever. Yeah, and I was I like, yeah, it's all your later. guilt for what you did. <laughs> I was so on the wrong. <laughs> and like at this point, it's so clear as it is about to kill a bunch of kids. But I was like, <laughs> but actually. So Conchita confronts Jacinto and pulls a shotgun on him. And he starts like fucking around with her. He's like, you're not going to shoot me. And he's like getting closer to her. And then he starts like whacking the shotgun with his hand and he's fucking around with it. And she ends up shooting him in the shoulder, which maybe she wasn't going to shoot him at all. She might not have worked herself up to do it, but he fucking like got himself shot. Yeah. If you're like smacking it around in her hand, like what did you think was going to happen? It goes off and he gets shot. So Jacinto uh, like throws the cigarette into the gas and the fire swoops on up conchita runs out she's rushing to get all the kids outside and as far away from the thing that's about to explode as possible right and carmen and alma go in towards the fire they're trying to like put it out it just blows the fuck up alma's a fucking goner oh yeah incinerated and the fire trail it goes all the way to outside all the way to the car the car fucking blows up like we're just seeing like I'm going to put like a content warning because we're just yeah. seeing children get blown to smithereens. No, that's the thing. It's It's awful. so fucking horrendous. Like, oh my God, so many kids explode and die. It's no, it's fucking nuts. There's like so many like charred dead bodies. It's horrendous. Yeah, and this is also, I was just like, that just made me upset. I was just like, yeah, hey, it's sad. Don't make me look at that. I got mad. Well, because then we see like the aftermath of it too. And there's like wounded children like trying to crawl out of this rubble it's awful it's fucking so horrendous and we get a little clip where we see Jacinto is like fine he's like far away watching the fires oh but Casares gets burnt to shit it like does that thing where like there's a big explosion and like shrapnel like flies into the screen it like goes dark yeah that's right Um, but Casares wakes up on the ground and this like is such a specific detail, but it made my stomach flip because his head is like resting on his arm or whatever. And he picks his face up off the ground and like some of his skin like sticks to his shirt and he like pulls it off. And it was the grossest shit. It was so awful. He's like trying to figure out what's going on. And he goes into the building and he sees Carmen um, who's like leaned up against the um, like a wall dying and she like he pulls back like her like shirt scarf whatever something to reveal that there's like a piece of glass lodged in like her heart 
Yeah, and he's like, oh, don't worry, I'll fix this. And he's doing doctory stuff. But then he starts reciting her a poem about dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> and um, this, I've really been living in the Midwest too long because my notes say, oh, she's dead. Yeah, no, yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I went, oh, reassuring poem, dude. And I was like, I'm sorry, it is very beautiful, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's just like, oh, so I, I, you're not going to say, like, he's like, I'll save you. Don't worry. As death falls upon my door. I'm like, oh, wait, wait. Wait. <laughs> literally and then also like at one point he's like carlos like go get my kit and then rips the glass out and i'm like wait <laughs> she's gonna bleed out and die and she does rip carmen so jaime is walking around um he's okay and he sees conchita and she's like i'm gonna go to town to get help because she says no help will come we're in the middle of a war like one yeah. explosion out in the middle of nowhere isn't going to get anyone's attention so right. my plan is to walk all night and eventually i'll find someone and get us help because the car is demolished now so they right. can't escape it exploded exploded in there and my notes say are she and this little boy in love because they make a big deal out of the ring yeah because she's like it'll keep me strong and then he's like oh a seed of strength or whatever which like i'm sure there is a reading of it where it's just like cute but it seems too romantic for my comfort level i did not like it i did not appreciate it um so we see then uh oh kasara's like gets set up in like a room out like right by a window like looking out onto the road that leads up to the orphanage because Mm -hmm. he's like jacinto is going to come back um so he also has a shotgun the thing is though that he does not look too hot no (laughs) but he says to jaime and and carlos who are both up there he's like i'm gonna protect you like don't worry i'm never gonna leave this place and i was like yeah you're not (laughs) i wrote hmm he's dying too it would seem yeah yeah jaime and carlos have a conversation where jaime asks the really suspicious question of could you kill someone oh yeah um and i wrote "Uh uh-oh sister um but he's like i could i didn't kill santi but like i could kill someone and here's why so he then tells the story of the night that santi died which he was present for which we may have guessed but it's only now being confirmed Mm -hmm. and so basically what happened was jaime either dared santi or asked santi to come with him to the little pool down in that fucking what's the word basement and they're picking slugs by the pool there and santi caught jacinto at the safe he like went up to get water get something he sees jacinto at the safe he runs back down he's like hi my fucking hide which like is a thing that happens repeatedly to Jaime. Like he hides and his friends take the fall Uh and bad shit happens because jacinto comes down and is just like smacking santi around and santi fights back and in the struggle, Jacinto shoves him into a wall, like a corner piece of the wall, and Santi smacks his head, and like it's a it's a fatal head wound. Except he doesn't die right away. It's so horrible. Like you see him like seizing almost. He's not dead. Yeah. Because what you see so ugh, Jacinto like is like, oh I fucked up. Yeah. So he goes and he gets like a rope and like binds the body. And like a brick. Yeah, and, like, weighs it down, and he drops the body in the water, but we see air bubbles come out of his He's nose. He's still alive at that point. It's so fucking horrible. Ugh. So then we're back to the beginning of the movie with Jaime crying at the pool, and I was like, oh, that's who that was. Right. So now we know 
Like, what's up there? Oh, and this is so great. He, like, runs out into the rain, and we see planes overhead, and the bomb drops, and it just, like, falls and smacks into the ground in oh. front of Jaime, and he's just standing there in the rain, like, looking at it. It is... I had chills. It's so fucking insane. And it was also just, like, really scary to me. Yeah. Like, it's primarily a really sad, tragic scene, but, like, the bomb falling specifically was, like... Of course. Because that's just, like, the embodiment of danger like there's a tangible dangerous thing i don't know no and it's like you see that i i feel like we have a moment of him being like oh my god am i about to fucking die right and he's telling carlos all about this and how he like blames himself for being a coward but he's a literal child literal that's the thing it's like an adult man like threatened you with a knife like are you kidding like you were smart to be afraid of him he's a little kid but now he's like i want to kill jacinto i'm like damn everybody wants to kill jacinto yeah Get in line, brother. You know, fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. So (laughs) Conchita is on her walk to town and a car pulls up and she has this moment of like, oh, great. And like maybe starts to wave them down or like it's just like, oh, a car. Great. And we see inside the car are Pig and that other guy and Jacinto and they're slowing down. They're like, oh, it's fucking her. In the Wikipedia description, they refer to those men as Jacinto's associates, which I thought was really funny, as if they're in, like, a business meeting. Yeah, exactly. Like, in my notes, I was like, his goons. Because those are the two people he's talking to those guys about, like, stealing the gold and going down to Guadalajara and everything. His associates. Guadalajara. Granada. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Oh, you know why? Because that's Guillermo del Toro was from Guadalajara. I'm like, why am I? (laughs) So Jacinto gets out of the cab and he goes to Conchita and he's like say you're sorry and get in the car. And I was like, I want to hurt him. <laughs> now I, now I do want to kill him. Like just such a creepy, scary, awful thing to say to her. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, I'm not scared of you. Fuck you. Uh, and he's like, no, you're going to say it and get in the car. And she's like, I'm not like, you're a coward. I think she's, she spit at him metaphorically. At least she does. Yeah. Um, so he pulls a knife and she's like you're a monster and he stabs her and she dies it kind of sucks it does really suck like what the hell like she might be a creep but also it's still really sad and fucked up he straight up killed her and that is stinky to me yeah it's not good so we cut back to the orphanage and carlos is like pulling shrapnel out of owl's back and it is like so upsetting and sad he's got so much shit in him it's so fucking and like the rest of the movie jaime is just like carrying him around it's really sad so we cut back up jaime and carlos i think go up to the room where Dr. Casares is because he's like oh we finished doing what you told us to do to help Owl yeah like because he gives them like instructions on how to safely take care of him and they see the car coming and Jaime's like oh Conchita and I said that's no Conchita yeah (laughs) they're sort of like well wait a minute like let's figure out what's going on with that because that's like she's back pretty quick because it's like early in the morning still I think he's just like he blasts some music out the windows to like spook Jacinto yeah and it works because Asinto like gets out of the car, sees Kasari standing there, and he's like, no, <laughs> and doesn't go in. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because Dr. Kasari is like, well, no one knows what's going on here. So he has all the time in the world to wait us out. Yeah. Um, right. Because it's not like anyone in town knows. So they're still kind of screwed. At this point, I had kind of forgotten about the ghosts of it all. Yeah. But so Santi makes another appearance. We also see that Kasari has died. Which is sad. There's like flies crawling around on his face. Oh, right. 
and Carlos is talking to Santi, and Santi is joining the line of people who want to kill Jacinto. Like, literally, right. everybody hates Jacinto. Um, he's, he's like, bring him to me. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then we see Jacinto has Jaime and the shotgun. I just said, no! <laughs> yeah, like, fuck, oh my god. It sucks, dude. Um, and so he basically, like takes the kids and forces them into labor, like digging through the rubble to find the fucking gold after he blew up the orphanage. Ugh. Oh, and then he gives Jaime Conchita's ring back. He like doesn't fucking say anything. Oh my he God, just like, hands yeah. it to him and he knows exactly what that means. And they then they like lock the kids in like a closet, right? Yeah, and then Jaime is radicalizing the orphans. <laughs> He's like, Jacinto killed Santi. Let's whittle some spears and get his ass. Literally. It's basically like um, there's more of us than there are of him. Right. Yes. We may be small, but we are mighty. And this, it was this far into the movie. I was like, holy shit, these kids are good actors. Like, I forgot right? that they were real children acting and it's not nuts. just like the characters. It's crazy. It's like, how the fuck? They're so good. Oh, God. And so they finally, they, they finish making their improvised weapons. They're like using like glass shards spears. to whittle. Yeah, it's nuts. And they're like, somebody has to climb out the window. And Gothas is like, I'll go. I'm skinny. <laughs> um, so they're trying to help lower him out. Jaime's holding onto his hands. But, like, they're only so big, so they can only get him yeah. so far out. And he, like, drops down and breaks his ankle. It's totally broken. It's so gross. But then we see a ghostly form, like, walk by. And it's totally Casares. Like, you, it's just, yeah. like, his hand, his suit. Like, you don't see his face. But... You see the lower part of his body and he unlocks the door from the outside. Another friendly ghost. But we see that like there's like they can't find the gold. The three. Because there's no gold in the safe. Right. It's not fucking in there. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Ugh. But Jacinto knows it has to be somewhere. He's like, I'm going to find it. I'm going to burn this place to the ground because nobody will miss these kids. Right. He's like, A, they're orphans. B, we're in a war, and so this whole orphanage full of kids, this is just a drop in the bucket, he says. That's so fucking horrendous. Awful. And there's this weird moment, too, where he finds, like, there's, like, pictures and stuff in the safe. Mm-hmm. There's, like, keepsakes. And he finds a picture of himself in, like, 1925. So he would have been 14. I did the math. <laughs> and it says on the back of the photo, like, prince without a kingdom, man without a heart. And I'm yep. like, he was a kid. But, like, I guess they're trying to imply he's been showing, like, these kinds of tendencies since he was a child. He's always been the saddest orphan. As I was writing down my prediction as to where the gold would be, that's where it was. <laughs> I was mid-sentence. But, like, the next logical place to look is on Carmen's person because she's, like, the stewardess of the gold. Mm-hmm. And I think what we see, she's, like, sprawled out because she's died, but we can see her um, her prosthetic leg. And I think we see there's, like, a hatch Yeah, in the leg that's, like, popped open a little bit. And the fucking gold is in there, dude. It's pretty cool. That's why her leg was so heavy before. Yep. I wrote, I'll admit it. That slaps. Like, that's fucking cool as hell. Oh, my God. So Jacinto, like, takes the gold and he, like, ties a bunch of it up in, like, a little, like, cloth and ties that to his belt and then shoves a bunch of gold bars in his pockets. Yep. And then he goes out to the, like, the van, but his buddies drive it off without him. Yeah, they're like, fuck you. This is taking too long. And they leave. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Like, you guys got no gold. Also, there's, like, blood all in his eye. Oh, yeah, because he got, like, I don't know, right. someone, like, hit him in the face. Yes, that was why I was so mad. Um, because, like, oh, after, yeah, before like, any of this shit. Yeah, yeah, after, like, emotionally destroying him and, like, and like abusing him over the years, 
Carmen like smacks him in the face with her cane, like for being crass. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> or I mean, I guess just for being him. Like that's that has to be like an intense prosthetic to put in your eye. I don't know. Yeah, it looks nasty. It looks really fucked up. Man, that he's walking around with the gold. And it's like clanging. It's a lot of clanging. It's it's like clinking around in his like like in his pockets and in the little pouch. So the kids are like able to find him because he's very loud. Yeah, Jaime and Carlos find him, and my notes say, "Run, children!" Yeah, like what are they doing? Because they like well, because they're like you son of a bitch, and then they run out because they're leading him to the other kids with pointy sticks. Well, and perhaps more importantly, they're leading him to Santi. They're taking him down to the fucking basement. You're so right. he's just confronted by all these children with spears. Like, there's a line of them. (laughs) It's like a funny visual. No, it is. (laughs) They all have spears. He pulls his gun out. But then Jaime, oh my God, Jaime sneak attacks from the side and stabs him through the armpit. Right in the armpit. It, Fuck, I don't think I've dude. ever seen anything like that. It was so foul. You watch it go in. It's crazy. <laughs> oh my it God. It looks so painful. <laughs> it's amazing, actually. <laughs> oh my God. And then he's crawling on the ground because he's been like stabbed through the armpit. And then I believe it's Jaime again, stabs him like through the arm. Uh-huh. Like all the way through. It, it, these kids <laughs> are brutal. It's crazy. They're all stabbing him like everywhere. <sighs> And I guess somebody, uh, I think Carlos gets the gun away from him and they're like backing him up towards the water yeah. to Santi. And it almost looks like Carlos like might shoot him. And then he goes, Santi, maybe I think he says his name. Yeah. Like, Push him into the water. And he's got all that motherfucking gold in his pocket. So he's sinking straight to the bottom. He's like trying to unload it from his pockets. It's like beautiful, poetic, wonderful. Yeah, that fucking Just trying rocks. to unload it. And he starts floating up a little bit, but then here comes Santi and just like grabs him in this embrace. Yes. And just holds him and drags him all the way down to the bottom. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) But then, so we're in the aftermath of all this. So, so cool. So great. What the fuck are these kids going to do? Yep. What the fuck are they going to do? They're orphans. Every adult is dead. Their orphanage exploded. They know about ghosts. <laughs> and like once they get to town, it's like firing squads and murderers. All their parents are like leftists. So they're screwed. Like, we, we don't get any resolution. We just see them. I was going to say pack up their shit. They don't have any shit. We yeah. see them just walk out the front door and walk down the road. It's crazy. Oh, but they go and they bring the gun back to Casaris and they give him his like bloody handkerchief and they like put it back in his pocket. Yeah, and then we get a repeat of the opening narration we hear again an emotion suspended in time and it's like focusing on the bomb this time as like a symbol of the emotion quote-unquote of war suspended in time there forever and we realize as the children are leaving Casares's ghost is watching them and he was the narrator the whole time and I just like could cry about it probably you're right like holy shit and he says something, he says, like, what is a ghost? A tragedy doomed to repeat itself. And, like, we see, like, we see Santi and, like, he's dead. And, like, all the, all this, it's a, all this fucking death. I love ghost movies. Yeah. And it's cool because, like, Santi is reenacting his own death when he kills Jacinto. Like, it, there's just something interesting and cyclical about that. Yeah. Doomed to repeat itself, man. Like, fuck. Good movie, I think. Yeah, no, it is good. It is good. I just didn't have a lot of fun because I just was feeling funky today. <laughs> also, like, like, it made me sad. 
Yeah, yeah, it's really sad. It's just like really beautiful. It's like so Guillermo del Toro to me. Yeah. Just like so poetic and beautiful. No, that's very true. I feel like we're already in final thoughts. But like yeah. he just like understands humanity in such a beautiful poetic way he really and does. to like to like deliver that through a ghost story is so yeah. like aching and beautiful. And, like, the ghost isn't evil, like, war. I mean, it's not just that war is evil. Like, men can also be evil. But, like, the evils of the war. Like, the ghost is not evil. The ghost is a little boy that was fucking murdered. Yeah. Like, the ghosts aren't scary. The ghosts aren't evil. Like, people are fucking scary. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, ghosts don't have the capacity to be evil. That's, like, because he has that. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's, like, one of his really famous ones where he's, like, I have so much affection for monsters. Yes, he loves his monsters. He does. The ghosts aren't the bad guys. The ghosts are the good guys. Literally. Um, ghosts are scary. Tara, what do you think <laughs> the Bravo TV network chose as the 60, what is it? 61st scariest mm-hmm. movie moment of all time. Um, oh, this is hard. Yeah. I feel like it has to be like the initial like Santi reveal and chase and like that whole. Tara, that's it. Got him. You got it. It's been a long time. It's the first time Carlos like feels the presence of yes. Santi. Yes. Hell yeah. Um, and to talk about that, of course we have Guillermo del Toro. Yay. Who like I could listen to him talk about movies all day. I could listen to him talk about this movie all day. Just like the way he speaks about it is so beautiful. And like this was a script he like wrote the idea for while he was like in college like 16 years before it got made and he like didn't really like it oh then he brought it back and like reworked it and made it the like beautiful sad story that it is that's amazing um but he kicks off the segment of the special by saying history is an inventory of ghosts and like this motherfucker just says like the most incredible stuff like it's nothing he's like says things with him that's amazing it's so fucking beautiful and like that's the thing like i I like wish I had taken more time to like do research and like really think about what I wanted to say about this movie because it being in the context of the Spanish civil war and of like children dying and just like the whole cyclical nature of it is like so beautiful and meaningful. And I wish I had more words to describe it, but he talks about how he hates like the quote unquote Hollywood portrayal of children as like brainless one liner spouting carefree kids yeah. because he talks about how unsafe it is to be a child. God, that's so true. And it it really it really fucking is. It it really no, fucking it is. is unsafe to be a kid because like you are the most fucking vulnerable and like yeah. people will take advantage of that. Yes. And it's so fucking unsafe to be a that's kid. Like why there's so many kids in horror like Yeah. You know? And it's the whole thing, like, you're so you're so vulnerable to believing the scary things when you're little, too. Like, anything can be possible, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, easier know, to see ghosts as scary than it is, like, the guy who's the groundskeeper at your orphanage, you know? Right. Fucking sucks, dude. Not the yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Life. Um, we also hear from Ron Perlman, frequent collaborator of Guillermo del Toro. Yes. And he talks about how he read the script and he was like, this would just too weird for American studios. And I'm like, is it that weird? Yeah, I don't think it's that weird. I think weird. it's just in a different language than English. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not weird. It's a ghost <laughs> movie. Ron Perlman was like, I haven't heard any of these words before. These are too weird. <laughs> he wasn't given a translated script. He was like, I don't understand any of this. 
And then John Landis also talks about the beautiful imagery of Santi and like the blood flowing out of his head, which reminds me the poster for this movie is one of my fucking favorite it's movie so posters. Wild. Everyone go look it up. It's the one it's like the bomb and then like a little boy with like blood floating out of his head. And it's all in like, what would you call that? Like it's like um, a block kind of like color blocking almost. Yeah. It's really cool. It's a good poster. That's like, I have to like stop being so fond of Santi and then like, like <laughs> contend with the fact that he is terrifying, but he's like, not really. Yeah. He's kind of not. Well, that's the fucking thing in this special. Everyone's talking about how creepy and scary the ghost is. And I'm like, I feel like you're missing the point of the movie yeah. completely. He's not scary. I mean, like I understand like watching it for the first time, like, ah, scary. That's a ghost. But then like, after yeah. you finish the movie, he's not scary. There's nothing scary about him. Like the real living people are scary. Right. I, th- I think it's just, um, I don't know what I was going to say. Well, it's also just scary to think about like a little boy dying, you know, yeah. like it's, but that's not, that's not what people are saying. Yeah. Like scary ghost. I'm like wrong. <laughs> but also like, I, I think, you know what it is? It's just like freeze frames of him with like the blood coming up out of his head. It's like, right. <laughs> yeah. Out of context. He's scary. I'm like, you people didn't watch the movie. You yeah. just saw the scene. You're like, oh my God, scary ghost. Yeah. Literally. Hey, Riley. Hi, Tara. What movie are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching a movie from the year 1981 called The Beyond, directed by Lucio Fulci. Hey! Let's go, (laughs) Fulci Nation Rise! (laughs) Yes. Um, I haven't seen this one before. I have heard about it. People love this movie. Yeah. Um, I'll read the little description. A young woman inherits an old hotel in Louisiana where following a series of supernatural, this is in quotes, accidents, she learns that the building was built over one of the entrances to hell. Whoa, (laughs) holy shit. Get a little hellfire on the podcast. (laughs) Should be fun. Oh, man. Wow. Now, we know Fulci from (gasps) Zombie. Zombie 2, mind you. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I couldn't remember who, who, um, what movie he did. Oh, that's fun. What was the long title? Invasion of the Flesh Eater. What was it? Oh, God. The long title for zombie? I don't remember. Zombie Flesh Eaters, I think? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I loved that movie. And I'm looking at it now, and um, it looks like you can watch be- uh, The Beyond for free on Tubi. Hell yeah, Tubi. Let's go. And pl- no, that's Peacock, Pluto, Plex. I don't fucking know, guys. So, okay, yeah, you can watch it for free on Peacock TV. Nice. But also other places. The world is your oyster. You can find it. Yeah, we believe in you. And you know what else you can find? Freight, freight, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what else you can find? The Fright of Your Life on social media. If you go to at Fright Your Life on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> I feel like everything I do is it's getting messed up because that was the most spittily fucking like you can also follow Riley and I individually if you so choose at Riley Cassidy one and at Tara Elwood respectively. Yeah, go ahead and check out the beyond and join us next week as we try to give you the The fright fright of of your your life. life. Ooh. Ooh.